This episode is brought to you by Roster Up Media, your home for tangible insights on the NFL and fantasy football. Head to rosterupmedia.com for more. If you love football, you'll love Roster Up. What is up, everybody? It is victory week, baby. Jets W. It was a roller coaster of emotions. This is the Jet Up podcast, and we're going to break it all down um, between the excitement when we were competing in the game to the depression when the Browns scored a couple late touchdowns to the pandemonium when we finally scored, recovered the onside kick, and then got the game-winning touchdown. We're going to bring you all of that right now. Uh, I got my co-host here, Ryan, uh, and we're going to jump right in and just first just talk about how good we feel after that W. How are you feeling, Ryan? I feel amazing. I haven't felt this good about a Jets win since they beat New England in 2010 in the divisional. Um, and this is a regular season game. What a win. What a win. What I, I We'll talk about it, but I'm just – today was a great day. Yeah, I haven't had this feeling in a long time. I mean, it's – like I said, I, I feel like it's – it was the most exciting win in, like you said, over a decade for this franchise. We haven't won a game in September since Sam Darnold's first game on the New York Jets. <laughs> Yo, so that's yeah. Crazy. So it's a bit. It's been a while, but we did it against all odds. Craziest ending. Even people from other teams are just like extremely impressed with how the Jets fought to the end. Um, so we're, we're going to break it down and Ryan, did you know that it has been 20 years? That's 2,229 games since any team has overcome a two touchdown deficit with under two minutes to go in a regular season game. 20 years, 20. I thought it was, yeah, I didn't even know that. That's insane. Um, yeah, yeah I, we had no, I don't. Like that made no sense. It just made no sense. You know, we had I think a point one chance, one point one percent chance of winning, uh, or something like that. Something crazy. Point one percent. Uh, just insane, insane. Like the Browns literally gifted that to us, and we made plays when we needed to. Yeah, it was like a combination of the Browns making some dumb mistakes, but then the Jets obviously making plays so it wasn't like the browns you know fumbled it and we just ran it in for the for the touchdown we actually yeah, we had to capitalized go and, we had yeah. to go and make those plays but but they did leave the door just a little bit open um for me it worked out great i had nick chubb in fantasy so he scored that touchdown when he should have probably slid so i got those points <laughs> and then the jets because of that went on to have enough time to win the game um so uh best case scenario but yeah. um yeah, so obviously we'll cover some of the ups and downs. It was, you know, a really wild roller coaster of a game. You yourself were kind of having a mental breakdown in the last few minutes. <laughs> Why don't you just break that down for me before we get into like the details of the game? I just was so upset because they actually played pretty well um, on the offensive side of the ball for the first time. So I was like, of course we bring offense all game. And they look pretty decent. And then the defense doesn't show up. And, and I'm not going to say anything negative about the game, but the defense really didn't show up yesterday um, until the end. But 
I was just so upset because like I looked at our schedule and I said this with like two minutes to go. I said, look at this. We're staring 0 and 7 in the face. And I just couldn't, I just, you know, didn't want to invest more energy and, and time into the Jets, knowing that the season could be over by October 1st. So the fact, like, even when we got the onside kick, I was like, I, I went from this season's over <laughs> to I can't handle this. This is too stressful. And uh, I miss having that feeling of just being excited and stressed that the fact that you could win a game in September where it actually matters, that was that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I mean, we watched it together, but I, I couldn't really – I couldn't even explain to you my emotions. I was just in shock, and uh, those are, that's why we love football, right? That's why we love being a fan for those moments, and we don't get those moments often, but when we do, they're, they're fun – their you know memories and i don't think i'll ever ever and it's a regular season game but i, I don't think i'll ever forget that moment um joe flacco is forever my favorite quarterback of all time after that <laughs> after a week of just trashing joe flacco <laughs> no no that was never never yeah yeah okay um yeah it, li- listen it was a wild time i'm sure most people had a pretty wild experience yesterday in their living rooms or at the game um, you know, we were together for that game with our other brother, Robert, um, and our dad, and we were just flipping out. It, it went from, you know, trying to console you for a while while they were, you know, looking like they were going to lose. And you were like, this is the only winnable game out of the first few, um, you know, yep. and I was like, Hey man, it's all right. We competed. Like, that's all we wanted. <laughs> I didn't want to hear any of that. Yeah. No, you were like this is ridiculous. This was the chance we had to win. Jacoby Brissett's not that good. I can't believe we're going to lose this game. And, uh, ultimately that, that got flipped very soon after that. And I just saw you, you just were so confused and it was so fun to watch as Robert and I were, our other brother, we were very calm. We were just kind of like, you know what? Last week we just stunk. And this week we're, we're in this game. I was happy they competed. And and, I just, you know, it's just, it's how I get, I I understand that's like the goal this year is to compete and just be in football games of the fourth quarter. And I said that many times, but it's but different when you're in the moment. I'm like, just what are we, does this team going to step up and, and win a game that you're not supposed to win. And I understand the fact that it's like, we don't, you know, we're young, but to me, at the same in the same breath, like you're in year three of a rebuild with a, a GM that's supposed to turn this thing around, and if you can't like cap off a win against uh, you know a team that doesn't have the starting quarterback, like you know that's what was frustrating to me because like next week, who knows? Again, the schedule's tough. It's like you're in a winnable game. Like I want them to step up and win it, and obviously that is exactly what happened, which is was at the moment I was like, there's no way. So I was so frustrated. Um, but I think I'm just so used to that. You know, I'm just so used to them just losing it in the last, you know, honestly not even competing, but even if they do compete, I just feel like it's always a loss. So the fact that they were actually able to win, uh, hopefully is, is where we turn the corner. Um, because I want Rob solid to be good. You know, like I really do. Like, I think he's a likable guy. Like I think the players love him. And like I'm tired of going through this coaching search and, and and this GM search. Like I want this to work, you know. And we're critical of them, but at the in the same 
sentence. Like we want them to be good, you know. Like even as much as we didn't love the previous head coach Adam Gase, we still wanted him to be good, you know. Like we want all these guys to pan out and and change, but you know, turn the turn the team around. But you know, we need to see some progress, and that that's why I was like Salah. I love what you're about. I love how you talk to your team. I love it. But you gotta like put some wins together, man. Like this is pro football, so that that's what was really on my mind because I want he's a fun guy to root for. He really is, and, and this team is fun to root for because of the young talent. But now we gotta put it together. So no, I, I totally hear you. I think for me, you know, like I'm saying that I was calm and happy that we were competing, but at the same time, at the end of last week's podcast, I said it's great to hear all this awesome philosophy and everything, but. Go win a damn football game. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we all want. So I think, you know, competing is fun and being in that game was fun. But, you know, for me, it was kind of just like, oh, you know, of course we're going to lose this one too. But then we actually turned it around. And once we had a shot, once we got the onside kick, I was like, all right, let's go win this football game. Like, I don't want to just compete. But that exactly. It's like that's what we're kind of saying. Like, compete. And have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. So once we had a chance and, you know, we go three and out on our own 10 and we had to punt, I was like, like, we, like, you got to take, I get, I know it's Joe Flacco. We got the banged up offensive line, but like, I just would like wanted that to be the drive. Right. And then obviously everything happened and and it worked out, but I don't know. It was just an amazing win. Like, I, there's literally, I, I don't, again, I don't want to even talk negative. I think, like, we don't get a lot of these. So, it, we got to take what we got and kind of move forward and use this momentum to make, you know, and you're going to talk about it soon, but maybe, you know, upset the Bengals next week who don't look all that, you know, unbeatable. Yeah. No, no, totally. I, I just, it just feels different when you win. You know, you feel <laughs> oh, like, yeah. You feel like you're just in a different world, you know, like where it's not just it's fun, you know, going oh and whatever. When are we going to get our first win? What's our draft position? I'm just no, so tired of that. So tired of that. So you know, to get the win, it just feels like we're in this thing. You know, we can win this win this league. You know, we, we don't just have to wait wait for these these games against Jacksonville. You know, you we can, can really, actually yeah. beat beat teams that have a real shot. So you really see the, the young talent, like, and, and that's the biggest difference for me. Like in previous regimes, like we said, you know, it takes time. It takes time, but none of the young players ever really showed anything like our guys. Now, like you could tell, like Garrett Wilson is a dude, like he's legit. Like we have offensive playmakers all over the field, which is awesome. Defensively, you could tell our secondary you know, corners wise is, is legit. Like they're playing against some of the best receivers in the league and they're, you know, holding their own. And that's, what's exciting is like, Oh wow. Like these draft picks and these free agency signings are actually looking like they're legit NFL players where in the past we were scrambling, you know, guys off the top of my head. Like, you know, I don't even know. Like Terrell Pryor was playing wide receiver for us. He was fine, <laughs> but he was our wide receiver one. Yeah. Like now we have three legitimate wide receivers with, you know, some depth there. So it's actually fun to see like, all right, you're saying all the right things in terms of what you want to do to turn it around. But now you're actually putting players out there that can make impacts on a game. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, we're going to, we're going to talk about some of those players in a second here, you know, because on our last show, you know, we begged the Jets coaching staff to 
use their new talent. I think there was a lot of people that were just upset that Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall were not in the game in the first half much last week. Yep. Um, but after you heard Salah talk, you know, after that game, you kind of got the sense that they just realized that was not the right approach and that was not going to be the approach going forward. And obviously they listened because Garrett Wilson was featured I mean, all over the field. That's what was so frustrating, right? Like for me, I was like, I understand he's a rookie and you want to kind of ease him in, but he's also your best wide receiver. As soon as he got drafted on that night, he becomes your best playmaker. And I'm just so pumped like that he's, he showed what he showed yesterday because like I knew it all along and like, I knew a lot of people do it all along, but he was my favorite wide receiver coming out of college. And for him to just jump in and just go off like that was just so encouraging. Like we, we, you know, I don't know if we have had a player like that. I don't know. We talk about Brandon Marshall and those guys, but a young guy that we've drafted like homegrown talent as a wide receiver, like, you know, Santonio Holmes was a good signing you know, we've had guys here and there, but like he could be legitimate number one wide receiver that we drafted, which is I can't tell you the last time that we've had that. I don't think ever. You know, Keyshawn Johnson, life, maybe, you know, yeah, in our lifetime, 20 I mean, years ago when we were yeah, little. We yeah. Were I mean, it's kids. so it's like getting a guy like that is exciting. Getting a guy like now, I think, in my opinion, Elijah Moore is going to get open a little bit more. You know, break it, it almost opens the offense a little bit more when you got some guys like that. Like I love Corey Davis. He's wide receiver three. I think Brees Hall, in terms of what he got as a workload, he was only on the field for 17 plays. So I don't love that. Yeah, he only had seven, seven snaps. I mean, I mean, seven carries. Yeah, and, um, I, and, I, a, and here's the thing about that, and, and I'm not as upset about that, even though I love Brees. Like, I understand why the Jets trust Michael Carter a little bit more. Like, Michael Carter is, is legit a very solid running back, and he gives us that, like, ball security he runs hard he, he's tough he's not gonna break it for 75 yards for touchdown but he could help out obviously when zach gets back like he's he's legit I, I love him i think he's smart i think he runs hard um i think we're gonna see as you as we all know too like guys get banged up things like that so having breeze is just gonna be a, another nice piece but i don't think that's something to worry about too much i think they sometimes this philosophy of this coaching staff loves to rotate guys, which is fine. But sometimes it's like, even on the last drive. And again, I don't want to talk about negatives, but it was like second and 10 and like Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore on the bench on the 10 yard line. And I was like, what? again, whatever they came back in the next play, it all worked out. But I'm like, just leave your dudes on right. the field. Right. But again, I let's please let's keep this positive. Mm-hmm. I, I keep going back to that because I'm so used to the Jets messing up. But it's very exciting time to watch this team, especially if Zach Wilson becomes legit. Absolutely. Um, so that's like, you the know, real key. Yeah, it is, and we're we're really not sure when he'll be back. It seems like it's kind of cryptic at this point. I just have a feeling Salah doesn't really know, and he's trying to keep the media at bay. Um, so. Looking at, though, what we did see, Garrett Wilson, eight receptions, 102 yards, and two touchdowns, including the game winner. And one thing I said on Twitter today was the narrative this week could have very easily just been Garrett Wilson drops first down, leads to Brown's, you know, momentum swing, which leads to them winning the game. Instead, Garrett Wilson was like, no, I'm not done here. I'm going to make another play that turns mm. this thing around. He got a chance, thankfully, to redeem himself yep. and make that play. So it was really excited for him. 
I think he's legit. Um, I put a poll up on Twitter yesterday and I said, you know, is, is Garrett Wilson after what we saw yesterday, a true wide receiver one. And it was like 97% of, of votes are saying yes. So that's encouraging um, for me to see. Then like you mentioned, Brees Hall, he uh, didn't have a ton of action yesterday, but we just wanted to see him in there when, especially in the red zone. Um, and he had a receiving touchdown on a wheel route. Uh, when he did get the ball uh, in terms of rushing, he averaged 7.1 yards per carry yesterday. So obviously He's a talented back, but I totally agree on the Michael Carter analysis. I think, you know, he he's he just looked excellent at the in the end there, made some really nice plays, caught the ball really well and got out of bounds multiple times. Um, so I think he's very, very reliable. So obviously a lot more talent on this team now. It's it's awesome, man. It's just so fun. Yeah. Um, I so think, yeah. You know, guys like Elijah Moore are gonna get more open. Um, you know, it, it's just it's the the outcome of you finally having multiple weapons uh, that a team has to truly respect. It's not just weapons that we have to convince ourselves are good enough on Sunday to compete. Yeah, we got we got some some talent on the offensive end in terms of draft picks. I feel like the whole offense was almost built to the draft, right? Yeah. Um, which is kind of what you want to see. That's whole, the whole Joe Douglas type deal. Um, but now he's got to put the, you know, again, Mitchell didn't play great. But he played well enough for the Jets to win at the right tackle position for. Yeah, I mean they only gave up. I mean I was pretty pretty afraid of that Browns pass rush going into this game. And let's be honest, Miles Garrett had one sack. Yeah, let's be honest. So let's be honest. Like once Javion Clowney got hurt, Mitchell played a little bit better, obviously. Um, But again, he made that huge heads up play to jive on the fumble. Um, Yep, Yep. I, I hate, and I, and I think Dan Orlovsky alluded to it, like I really hate, not even just the Jets, every team, I hate putting a tight end on a super, a supreme pass rusher. And they were going one-on-one for a couple of plays in the first drive. And then they finally started having Fant and uh, Conklin kind of, you know, double the, the edge rush, which was nice. Um, again, Michael Florida knows football. He's a smart guy. He's, I just, you know, sometimes you're like, how do you not go into a game like that and not knowing that you got to stop Miles Garrett? But um, obviously he he adjusted and and things started going their way. Flacco can throw, okay? Like, that's obvious. Like, Flacco can make plays. He just needs time. He's not going to extend the play. You know, the offensive line has to play well if we're going to, you know. And I don't think Cincinnati's pass rush is, like, daunting. You know, I think it's a, it's a – we're going to mm-hmm. be able to get to our stuff. And uh, we'll probably be able to run the ball pretty well. But Avera Tucker is just proving to be a stud. If you watch him, you know, yep. he's all over the place. He's Yeah, with so a healthy good. O-line, with a healthy O-line right now, you know, we'd be a lot more formidable. I, I think that's that's where we – it's always a question mark every week how we're going to do. We did see them have success doubling Miles Garrett um, where you could easily see how it was working. Um, you know, but ultimately they held up enough to get Flacco – to make plays. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was exciting to see. Like you said, Flacco redeemed himself after week one, uh, 307 yards, four touchdowns, led a game winning drive. Awesome. Um, so, really exciting. Uh, we also saw Greg the leg drill a 57 yarder, exactly. hit every, every, every extra point. Um, and then we saw some things that you talked about with me last week of, of co- in coaching in terms of pre snap motion, play action. And then, as you mentioned, so- Solomon. He had a rough week in the media last week, and now he's, you know, he's a he's a fan favorite once again. So, we love you. We love you, know. you, Rob. We love you. Rob for now. Salah. For now. 
Yeah. But we so. we will always love you, Rob Sala. We wanted yep. you when we hired you. We still got your back. This podcast has Rob Sala's back. We love absolutely. You. We're big Sala guys. Even if I think you told me one day that even if we go Owen seventeen, you still love Rob Sala, and I said, I love the guy. I love the guy. He's just such a cool guy, man. I just hope that we can put some wins together. So, you know, we have no questions going forward. But yeah, again, we really love to refer him. You know, it seems like an awesome, awesome. Person. And you know what? You know what? You know what? You, about a head coach that's so important is how are your guys playing down the stretch? That's mm-hmm. that's showing that they want to win for you. And they and love he, him. We know that the know, players would love him. And, yeah. And so we just got to put some wins in, man. That's and then net like hopefully, and on a good note this year and then next year. We'll get there, but we got to get going at some point. But I'm excited. I really am. Like, this was the best. Oh, I couldn't stop talking about it today. I really couldn't. It was just a great win. Um, and I can't wait for next week, man. I love football. I love it. Yeah, so we got a big game, obviously, against uh, Cincinnati next week. Uh, I'm going to break that down in our second segment here. But, Ryan, appreciate you joining to help recap this game against the Browns. It's good to be back. Yeah, can't can't wait to watch again. Watch again with you next week and hopefully get this momentum uh, continuing and get some more wins under our belt, man. So I appreciate you joining, um, and we will hopefully see you on the show soon. Awesome. Thanks. Good to be back. Uh, Let's go Jets. Jumping into our second segment here, we're going to dive into a week three preview. Um, so we talked a lot of positives in that segment with Ryan. Um, there's just a couple things that we want to mention that maybe need to get cleaned up as we go into this game against Cincinnati. Um, the run defense, obviously, they were good against Baltimore, not very good against Cleveland. Uh, so gave up a lot of yards against Nick Chubb. Um, he ended up having uh, 5.1 yards per carry against us, three touchdowns. Um, which just seems not real. Um, so that was not good, obviously. Kareem Hunt could have probably done more damage. I think we held him uh, decently, um, you know, to 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 average numbers. Um, but the screen game just always seems to kill us. We definitely still have to work on that. Um, and then we have to turn pressures into sacks. Uh, Carl Lawson made a huge play against the Browns where, you know, towards the end of the game when you need your playmakers to make huge plays, and he did it, uh, getting a sack. But we only had one total sack on the day between him and, and a half sack uh, from, I believe, Quinn and Williams. So have to turn more of those pressures into sacks. Um, and then we have to increase those touches, I think, for Brees Hall. I think we saw, Garrett, what happened when you increased that, that um, the targets for Garrett Wilson and give him more play time. I think it's time to let Brees Hall loose a little bit. Uh, keep saying it, um, but he's been proven that he can do it. So I think we got to get him back out there. Um, so as we go into this week now against the Bengals, Jets are one and one, and the Bengals are zero and two. The the Super Bowl uh, appearing Bengals of last year, uh, one of everybody's favorite teams to root for last year, uh, are zero and two. So obviously they've had a rougher start um, than most people have expected. You know, uh, no one expected the Jets to be going into this game with a better record than the Bengals. Um, obviously, it's only two games into the season, and the Bengals can turn it around. I still think they're a very good team. I still think Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow, uh, and Jamar Chase is always dangerous. Um, but obviously, there's 
there's some gelling issues that they're dealing with with some of these new players on their team. Um, they're just not really putting it together, but we'll talk about a little bit more about when they do put it together and how dangerous that can be. Um, so can the Jets win this game? I think, you know, we talked about there's not a ton of winnable games in these first seven. The Browns, we had said was one. I think the Bengals are, it's 50-50 for me. I think, you know, initially people thought the Bengals would be 2-0 and right now. They're 0-2, so they're a little bit vulnerable, um, but they're still a, a good football team. So I think we can win this game, um, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, the Bengals are better than their record, uh, you know, but momentum's real. I mean, look at the Giants. They're 2-0 and now. After their first win, they capitalized on it and won game two. Um, so, you know, so that's not an accident. I think that, that momentum can carry over game to game. And players play harder when they believe they have a real chance to win. So watch any defense at the end of a game when they're either in the game uh, from a score standpoint or not in the game. It's just like night and day how hard they play. Um, it makes a difference whether they really believe they have a chance to win. And the Jets beating the Browns, I think, is giving them more confidence as they go into this game against the Bengals that they actually can win football games in this league now and compete. So the first thing we're going to just jump into in this segment uh, is our Twitter mailbag. Uh, we had a, a nice uh, a question here from, uh, I hope I say this right, Boonior Julius Millen. Uh, who's at JR Millen 17. Uh, he said, how well does the Jets defense line up with the Bengals offense and vice versa? So I mentioned there's some new players on the Bengals. Their O-line was revamped this offseason. They brought in a lot more talent. But unfortunately, that, that O-line is struggling a lot. Um, they likely need a lot of time to gel because they are a new unit. The Jets O-line has had this problem too. Um, but I think the Jets' D-line has an advantage this week against that Bengals' O-line. Uh, we should see more pressures turning into sacks uh, as we see guys like Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, Quinton Williams, John Franklin Myers, um, some of these guys getting into the backfield and capitalizing uh, on an O-line that is still working out the kinks. Um, I do think Burrow is very good. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. But if we can get to him quickly, we can disrupt that entire offense uh, for them over the, the first two games for the Bengals, uh, they've only scored three touchdowns. So they're having some struggles. Uh, Burrow has been sacked 13 times, which is a big reason they're not winning football games that leads the NFL. So he's obviously feeling that pressure when a quarterback feels that pressure. And I've played quarterback before, uh, in high school, when you feel that pressure, you start to doubt how much time you have, and then you start to throw the ball a little too early or you panic a little bit sooner. That's a real thing that even good quarterbacks can start to feel. That's why some of these quarterbacks, these younger guys in the league, when they're on a, a team with a bad O-line early in their career, can ruin their whole career because they start to just freak out a little too soon. They don't get a feel for the pocket. Um, so I don't think that that's going to be a long-term issue for Burrow, but you can definitely see he's playing a little bit different when he doesn't have confidence in his O-line. Um, as much as he maybe thought he did going into this season with the improvements. Um, the Bengals are, you know, they are struggling in some ways, but they're still 16th in rushing and 15th in passing. So they're still right in the middle of the pack. They still can be dangerous. They have a player like Jamar Chase, um, who is a real, real threat that we have to make sure we are on top of. Um, after the Browns game, the Jets passing defense 
dropped a little bit, uh, but not too much. They're right in that middle ground as well, uh, that 15-16 range. Um, so they should be able to compete with this. But again, we have to make sure that we lock up uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and some of these other guys that can do damage for the Bengals. The Jets run D, uh, the ranking took a little bit of a hit against the Browns. So this is where we could run into some issues if we don't clean that up um, and play more similar to the Baltimore game. Uh, the Jets run D now ranks 21st in the league after ranking, I believe it was third after the Baltimore game. So, you know, Nick Chubb did a lot of damage to us last week. Um, and we need to make sure we clean that up because Joe Mixon is a legit running back uh, and he can gash you for some big, big yards. Um, and he, he's great at scoring touchdowns. So it, we have to just make sure that we uh, key in on him and clean that up, rally to the ball carrier. And one big issue we had against the Browns that we just need to fix against the Bengals is missed tackles. Um, so we missed a lot of tackles on guys like Chubb and Hunt uh, against the Browns. Cannot let that continue. Um, I, I assume that that's going to be a big focus this week for the Jets in practice. The Bengals defense, when we look at the other side of the ball, is up and down. They rank 12th against the run and 14th against the pass. So they are sort of towards the top end of the league, but not quite at the top. Um, a little bit more in the middle uh, of the pack. When they played the Cowboys, Cooper Rush was the, the quarterback for the Cowboys. Um, he's filling in for Dak Prescott, and he beat them up for most of that game. He ended up uh, in the box score having 235 yards and a touchdown against them. So not, nothing crazy, um, but he he was able to to move the ball against that defense um, for, for a lot of that game. But, and this is something in doing some research of the Bengals the last couple games, I'm able to see uh, they do make really good halftime adjustments. So the Jets may end up having a better first half than they do, but we can't get lazy. We have to make sure that we play full game of football uh, against the Bengals. They're a very good second half team, um, you know, and, and they can do damage and they have done damage the last couple games, which almost make these comebacks and get back in these games. So have to make sure we don't let them do that. We keep the momentum in the second half uh, if they struggle in the first half. As far as pass rushers, Sam Hubbard is the one to look out for on the Bengals. Um, the Jets will have to make sure we focus on containing him. Um, he had the only sack of the game for the Bengals uh, against the Cowboys last week. So he'll have to be a key uh, for, for our offensive line to make sure we're, we're uh, paying attention to. Um, if we can do you know, potentially what we did against Miles Garrett, where we're, we're putting some doubles on him, we're making sure that um, he's not beating us. Uh, I think if you give Joe Flacco that time, like we mentioned earlier, he has a really, really strong arm, and he's very accurate, um, and he had a lot of really awesome throws, and we saw that he still has it. So let's make sure we hold their pass rushers uh, in check so that Joe has enough time to get the ball to playmakers like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. Um, him having enough time last week is how we ended up uh, competing towards the end there. So what are our keys to success? So going into this game, you know, obviously we're coming off a high. It's really awesome as fans. I'm absolutely hyped up. I feel like a different energy going into this uh, after getting a win. Like I said, the biggest key for me is play four quarters of competitive football. When you compete to the end, you have a chance to win. Like we saw against the Browns, 
it were ups and downs in that game, but because we were competing and putting a, you know, a competitive product out there till the final whistle, we had a chance and that's all you need sometimes is the chance. Um, so the Bengals have been heating up later in the game. So that's why I think the jets just need to finish strong. If we can take the lead early, hold on to it and finish strong, I think we'll do okay against the squad. That's kind of trying to find their identity this year in the Bengals. I think with the struggling O-line with the Bengals right now, we need to draw up some unique blitzes um, to, to try and take advantage of some of those communication breakdowns that they might be experiencing um, as they try to gel. So I think that's an opportunity for us is to try and get pressure early on Burrow, um, force him to make some mistakes, and get rid of the ball a little bit quicker than he'd like to. Like I mentioned earlier, feed the beast, man. Brees Hall is a beast, and I love Mike Carter, and he also needs to get more touches. But Brees Hall is another breed of player, man. He had seven yards per carry last week against the Browns when he did touch the rock. It's time to feed him. Let's give him the ball more and more and more. He wants to eat. My next key is don't hesitate to keep over-targeting Garrett Wilson. He can handle it. He is consistently open. You know, I saw some jokes today that, like, wherever Garrett Wilson is in the world right now, I know he's open. I mean, that guy gets open, man. So, you know, it, what's what it's going to do for this Jets offense, it's going to give them someone who's reliable on third down in the red zone. Uh, and it's also going to allow guys like Elijah Moore to have some pressure taken off them and get freed up to make plays. We saw this for the Dolphins. This is how they've been doing really well um, right now is, is because Tyree kills on that roster. Jalen Waddell has just been dominating for them the last couple weeks as he's not the focus of the defense. It's Tyree Kill. Then Waddell starts dominating, and suddenly Tyree Kill is no longer the focus, and he makes plays. That's how the Dolphins ended up you know, coming back to win this past week is sort of mixing it up between those two guys. I think the Jets have two really talented wide receivers in, in Wilson and Moore, and they can do a similar type of approach um, where they, they pepper one guy long enough where the defense loses a little focus on the other guy, and then we can start to to switch it up. So I see that as a key for success for us. And then I think as you get into like the matchups for us, I think, you know, in, in previous years, a guy like Jamar Chase, you know, and he still does, but in previous years, I'd be a little bit more afraid of a guy like him. But Sauce, man, we drafted Sauce for these types of matchups. DJ Reed also has been playing really well. Whether you have Sauce or DJ Reed on Jamar Chase, I think we got to be a little bit more involved in press, man. We're playing a little too much soft zone um, or soft man. It's it's really not allowing these guys to to use some of their skill sets, their physical football, um, to to stop a guy who's an elite wide receiver like a Jamar Chase. So I think we got to disrupt Chase's routes uh, early, get him frustrated, and then hopefully put pressure on Burrow so that you know when he targets Jamar Chase, it's it's earlier than he wants to, and and allows us to maybe get a turnover. Um, so I think lean on your guys, lean on your playmakers like Sauce, like DJ Reed. Uh, DJ Reed, by the way, becoming one of our favorite players. Um, that guy's just awesome. Love to see him ball uh, and excited to watch him again this week. My score prediction for this game is 27-24. And because we won last week, I'm giving this one to the Jets too. 27-24 Jets. People laughed at it when I said it about the Browns game. I think I said 24-17 Jets. 
and they were saying, you know, there's just no way, no world where the Jets win this game, and they did. So I'm I'm sticking with confidence this week. I'm going 27-24 Jets. I think they can get it done. Just keep gelling, man. Keep putting the pieces together. You see the fan base and what it can be like when this team wins football games and how exciting it is in the city and in New Jersey and all these different areas that are rooting for this team. It's a special thing, and I think that's why fans stick around. That's why fans are still here after years and decades of, of just up and downs and mostly mostly downs, if we're being honest, for this franchise. We are here still for a reason because of the feelings we get when this team does what we we just hope and hope and hope they do and win football games and compete to the end and have a real chance. So I'm excited to watch this game. It's a different feeling in Jets Nation. Get excited. Get pumped. Rob Sala is that guy right now, and I think we're, we're all on board right now. Let's keep it up. Let's get this W. Go Jets. Jet up. All gas, no break. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Jet Up. Remember to go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter at JetUpPod. This episode was brought to you by RosterUp Media, where football meets data. Head to RosterUpMedia.com for more great NFL content.